focus on the gratitude. And then when you focus on the gratitude, that shifts your energy vibration and that starts to make you feel more positive. And then lo and behold, when you're feeling more positive, all of a sudden you start attracting positive people in your life. All of a sudden you start attracting circumstances and things that change your life in a positive way. So you can't wait until you get XYZ to become happy. You have to manifest the happiness now and it starts with gratitude. It's like you can't wait until you either hit a goal weight or you achieve a certain amount of dollars financially or until you've gotten the house or the apartment or the relationship before you can be happy. It doesn't work like that at all. You have to be happy now, which starts with gratitude for what you have now you shift your energy vibration and then lo and behold, all the things you desire just come into your life. But it starts with being happy right now. That was Daphne Yang. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, welcome to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Thanks for listening and all your great feedback on the podcast. I appreciate your DMs and questions on social. Keep those emails coming. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. Scroll through the list of Marnie on the Move podcasts on your app. Click on write a review and share what you like about the podcast, your favorite episodes, what inspires you. Also, tell your friends to listen. Email them a link. Post it on your social platforms and tag Marnie on the Move. Spread the love. And exciting news. Thanks to all of your awesome questions, our new segment and mini pod launches this week. Every Thursday, I will answer your questions along with podcast guests and experts and offer tips, advice, and insight on all kinds of topics, including fitness, wellness, beauty, fashion, and more in under 20 minutes. Finally, sign up for our newsletter, The Download, to find out about upcoming events and summits this summer. Okay, now, are you ready to feel empowered, inspired, motivated? Today's guest is all about making you feel good, bringing you joy, empowering you with the strength and confidence you need to live your best life. From her popular fitness class, Hit It, and her Power Hour networking events, to her clever Instagram feed and her podcast, Just One More. You are definitely going to love this conversation with entrepreneur and innovator Daphne Yang. Daphne turned her love of dance, passion for running, talent for performing and choreography, and her personal training experience into a life and career she loves with the launch of her wildly popular fitness class, Hit It. Her class burst onto the fitness scene in October 2013. What began as a group workout with a few clients in Central Park has grown into the ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. On today's episode, we talk about how running transformed her life, the narrative she created that almost prevented her from building her brand, having a positive mindset, and of course, 
her class hit it. The one hour, 800 calorie burning workout she created that blasts body fat, torches calories, sculpts lean muscle mass, strengthens the core, skyrockets the metabolism, and improves cardiovascular endurance. Empowered with a BFA in dance from NYU, multiple International Sports Sciences Association certifications in personal training, pre and postnatal training, marathon coaching, and nutrition counseling, Daphne has motivated hundreds of people to reduce body fat, sculpt lean muscle mass, increase cardiovascular endurance, and run marathons. But most importantly, she has helped countless people achieve balance and wellness in their day-to-day lives. Hit It classes are taught at Athleta Flatiron and Primary in New York City. Daphne continues to train clients six days a week at her gym space in downtown Manhattan or on-site at clients' homes and corporate offices. Get ready for a super fun, laugh-infused, very inspiring and empowering episode with the lovely and talented Daphne Yang. Today's episode is fueled by Sun Potion. I am such a huge fan of their super high quality organic tonic herbs, mushrooms, and superfoods. I have been using a variety of their transformational foods and supplements for the past three years. They have been major game changers for my overall health and wellness. Lately, I have been using the pine pollen and ashwagandha for hormones and balance, chaga for my immune system, and my favorite cordyceps for extra energy pre-workout. I simply add them to my coffee or my smoothie every day, and I'm on the move. Head over to their website, somepotion.com, and use the code MARNIEONTHEMOVE for 10% off. Now, on to the episode. So tell me a little bit about Hit It and how you started this amazing concept and fitness class that is now at all these great places all over New York City and well, hopefully other cities besides yeah, New York City but it's very in New soon. New York City right now. Yeah, currently in New York City. And I'll fill you in on all the exciting okay, cool. places. I'm going to take it in a so, little bit. But yeah, so tell me yeah. how you began. My whole purpose for Hit It, Hit It is my high intensity interval training workout that I developed about five and a half years ago. So I've been a personal trainer for 12 years now. I've been a personal trainer ever since I graduated college. So I'm originally from California. And so growing up, I had so many wonderful, kind of like outdoorsy things to do all the time. I went hiking all the time. I was always swimming. And growing up in Northern California, these things are just a part of your day-to-day life. Um, However, growing up, I did have a lot of body image issues and I really struggled I struggled with body image. I struggled with self-esteem. I thought I was struggling with my weight. Also growing up Chinese American in a predominantly Caucasian town, I felt very different. And so Where I grew did you up, grow up? So I grew up in a city called Danville, California, okay. yeah, which I love with all of my heart. So it's uh, right outside of San Francisco. And growing up, I felt all these things. And even though I did have a love of the outdoors, my entire life changed when I was 14 years old in the best way possible. So my older sister at the time, she had sensed that I was struggling. She had sensed that I was going through some things, especially at the start of high school. She could tell that my self-esteem was not that high and she could tell that I was dealing with a lot of insecurities. And 
she asked me one evening if I just wanted to go for a run with her. And I thought to myself, sure, why not? I had finished all my homework. I'd taken all my dance classes that day. I grew up dancing too, which is still a thing I love a lot. And she asked if I wanted to go for a run with her. I still remember what I wore. I had Keds. I didn't even have sneakers. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> didn't even have sneakers. Yeah. And I threw on some plaid boxer shorts and a big baggy UCLA t-shirt because that's where she was going to college. And uh, I still remember it was a warm, like a very warm fall evening and the sun had already set. And I can still remember how the air smelled just so clean and so fresh. And Northern California is just so woodsy and amazing. And we just started running and we ran around my block, literally left my driveway, hung a right and then a left and then another left and a, in a square until we ended up back at our driveway. I lasted nine minutes. It was probably less than a mile in all honesty. And I was huffing and I was puffing and I was beet red. I thought my lungs were going to burst out of my chest, but my life was changed forever. It was in that moment that I discovered running and moving your body in that way and sweating. It makes you feel strong. It makes you feel powerful. It makes you feel confident, but most importantly, it makes you feel so happy. And yes. I felt all of that in that one instant. And my entire life changed after that. Running became a staple in my world. It was something I just completely fell in love with and something I completely explored. And I became so confident and I felt so strong and I became really happy about what my body could do for me. And I wasn't so focused on appearance anymore. And it was just all about feeling good from the inside and out. And I grew up and I went to college and I moved to New York to go to college. And in college, I was studying... And you went to NYU. I went to NYU. Yeah. And at NYU, I was still studying dance and performing arts, but there was still that part, that the little part of my brain that really was still so curious about what it would be like to maybe perhaps one day, you know, be in the fitness industry, how cool that would be. And then all throughout college, running and working out in fitness, it just helped me so much. It helped me relieve stress and it really helped me handle all the challenges that moving across the country to go to college, all those challenges that come with that. So it was actually after I graduated college that I was still auditioning for a lot of dance companies and auditioning for a lot of projects. And I still remember this so vividly. I bumped into a friend at a West Side Story dance call and she said to me, Daphne, so I'm the personal assistant right now for the manager of this new gym chain and they're looking for front desk girls. And I said, oh, me, me, me. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, this would be great to compliment all of my auditioning being a front desk girl because then I can get free membership. This was 12 years ago. Yeah. I can get free membership to a gym. And I, of course, got hired as the front desk girl rolling eucalyptus towels and greeting right. everyone with a smile when they entered the gym space. It was a, a nice luxury boutique health club that was in Manhattan. And I started to completely fall in love with the environment. And I became such good friends with all the trainers and the management team. And I just loved being there. I started to love being there more than I loved auditioning. And I thought to myself, well maybe I can explore being a personal trainer, but I don't know if I have it in me. Like, I don't know if I, I can do this. It seems really tough and really challenging. 
And everyone who worked at the gym was really supportive. So all the, the trainers and the management, they really encouraged me to go through the entire certification process, right. which I did. I decided to just do it. And I went through the entire certification process. Which one did you get? I went through the International Sports Sciences Association. And so they are who I'm still currently certified by. And so every couple of years, you have to re-up your certification and take a lot of continuing education credits, which I'm very happy about that they do that. And I went through the whole certification process, became a trainer, and I still remember training my very first client. And I was so nervous. And I would try to not let her know that it was my first time really working with a client. I was so nervous. And And that was that. And I completely fell in love. And then after a few years of balancing personal training with the performing arts industry, I had one moment, one day specifically where, and I remember it so vividly, I was with a new acting and talent manager and an agent, and I was in a room with them. And I remember them just to my face, just ripping my body apart to my face, just destroying my body, telling me that my shoulders were too big and that I needed to lose weight. And I had this very surreal moment where I was standing there in my dress with my dress over my head and then pinching and prodding my stomach and my thighs and telling me exactly what I needed to change if I wanted to still continue being represented. I know. Yeah. And at the time I remember being in this meeting And I was about 25 by this point. So I'd been a trainer for about two and a half years by this point. Dance is tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. The the dance world is tough. The industry of um, commercials and commercial modeling, uh, even just the film and TV world, it it is really tough. And it's not to say all experiences are like this. This this specific experience turned into that with these specific people. And I... I'm so happy because by that point in time, because of fitness and because by that point in time at age 25, I felt like a strong, confident woman. I left that meeting and I said to myself, that was not right. And I don't like how that made me feel. And I actually don't have to put myself in a situation like that ever again, if I don't want to. I left that meeting. I went straight to my gym and I went right into training my clients for that evening And I thought to myself, wow, I was in a disempowering situation. And then now here I am in an empowering environment in which I'm respected for my brain and my personality and my ability to coach people and my ability to motivate people and my ability to train people. I'm respected for my knowledge of exercise science. I'm respected for my ability to be present with my clients. I think I'm just going to go all in. I think I'm going to take a break from the dance and performing arts world. And that was when I dove headfirst. And when I made that decision to go headfirst, all in, just 100%, it was amazing how quickly everything changed. I got hired by Team Challenge and I became the head race coach for Team Challenge, which is a half marathon training, marathon training, fundraising program, benefiting the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I got to work with with 50 to 70 runners every single week, coaching them for races while they fundraise for an amazing cause. I met my husband through Team Challenge, some of my best friends. That's so cool. So cool. I eventually became an independent trainer. So I focused on my own private personal training business. And I still, of course, have a lot of love for those first few years at that boutique fitness gym because it really helped me grow. I learned so much. still love all those trainers, still really good friends with them. Just felt ready to become an entrepreneur, essentially. And it was actually because of Team Challenge that I got to experience what it was like to be teaching and coaching a group. And that is what led 
to hit it. After a few years of working with Team Challenge and being the head race coach and training these runners in Central Park in New York and then taking them to Vegas and New Orleans and all these wonderful places all throughout America, Napa, where they would run a half marathon, you know, benefiting the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. I realized that I loved working with groups. I still love working one-on-one. I still do. I still have... I was going to ask you if you still do coaching and personal training. Yeah, yeah. I still have a select group of people who I train personally, who I love. And it was then I realized that group coaching was a big strength of mine. And I do think that some of my performance our background played a big part in it. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. Really comfortable with it. Very happy being in front of a group and very happy affecting and influencing and helping and motivating a large group of people all in one go. I remember one night I was sitting at home. This was in 2013 over some takeout Thai food with my now husband, who was just my boyfriend at the time. And I thought to myself, I want to create a workout. And he said, oh yeah, great. You, you totally should do whatever floats your boat. You know, you, he's so supportive. And at the time, high intensity interval training was becoming very popular, even though it's existed for decades and decades and decades, high intensity interval training just in and of itself is just a method of training, just a method of training in which you just work to your max effort for just whatever designated amount of time you want to go for. And then you rest for a little bit. It's existed for a long time. It's how I had been training my clients in the world of running. You do a lot of interval training and sprints when you run. So it was something that I was already really passionate about. And then it was also that year that the American Council of Sports Medicine, ACSM, they announced it in 2013 as the top trend of 2013. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm onto something because if it's a top trend, but it's based on science, so it's not technically a trend. I know it's becoming popular, but it's very science backed. Maybe I want to create some type of high intensity interval training workout. So we went to bed that night. This was the night of the Thai food. (laughs) (laughs) And at 2 a.m., I woke up and I sat up in bed and I said to myself, it's called hit it. It's called hit it. Because something I always say to everyone, I always say, all right, let's hit it. Let's hit it. Hit it with two eyes. H-I-I-T-I-T exclamation point. That exclamation point has to be there. And the next day I just started program planning and I just started writing out different moves and different interval training formats, different Tabata intervals, different ab intervals. I put it all together. I sent an email out to all my friends and all my clients And on October 1st of 2013, it was a warm fall evening, a Tuesday in Central Park. It was myself and about seven of my friends and Uh my clients just all paying me cash. (laughs) I keep saying this is awesome, but yeah, I mean, this is just, I have the visual and since I know you probably since you first started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I've. So, okay. So you're in Central Park so and you I'm have your Central seven Park. closest. Yeah. They were my, your um, experimental yes. group. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was just handing me 20 bucks cash. Just I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to charge them for this. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit to it. And I put them through the very first hit it workout and it was just in Central Park and it was amazing. Everyone bought, brought a yoga mat and a water bottle and a towel. And I coached and motivated them through just a killer 
high intensity interval training workout that would then become the hit it format, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And from that point on, I've never looked back and I've turned hit it into my baby. And it's been pretty much my main focus the last five years. And that the rest of that month of October, we met every Tuesday night. And then I started to rent just dance studio space. I was going to say, what did you, mm-hmm. how did you start? Because you didn't have cold. a studio. Yeah. <laughs> and then it got cold and November rolls around in November in New York, it gets pretty chilly or, and the sun sets early. So it's so weird. I know weather patterns it's like, <laughs> because I'm also, of outdoor workouts. No, I totally, I know the weather patterns and the wind and where yes. it's coming from. And yeah, you too Because all I do is run outside yeah. or bike outside. So do you so. also look at the wind speed whenever yes. you check the weather? 100%. Same here. I, if it's over 10 Say, miles oh an hour, gosh. I probably will go inside. Same here. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah I'm like, if, it's, if it's 10 miles an hour on on Amy Freeze's weather report yeah. <laughs> on WAVC, <laughs> then it's probably going to feel like 20 and it's going to yep. suck. Yeah. So, so yeah. much synergy. Yeah. It could be, it could be 22 degrees, but a wind speed of maybe one. And if it's sunny and you will sweat and it'll yes. feel great, but it could be 40 degrees with a wind speed of like 12, so, 13. Yeah. And it's, it's brutal when yeah. you run into it. Yeah. I, I can't stand the wind. That's so funny. We, we, we're meteorologists here. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that Amy Freeze needs to change the weather report to what sports and outfits you should wear that day or or someone needs to do this and I obviously don't have any time to do that but Maybe like you and I should do this together. we should actually <laughs> Maybe we could start like another side thing <laughs> I would love that but yeah that would be fun I mean I think that I would love to know when I wake up in the morning if I'm gonna what I'm gonna be doing like in terms of a workout that day I mean, I already know if I'm going to do a run or a bike or whatever, but I always want to run outside and what clothing to wear. And Mm -hmm. I always get it wrong. (laughs) No matter what, I'll go outside and it'll say 40 degrees. And I forget what I wore the last time it was 40 degrees. And I end up leaving my clothes along the West Side Highway. If you're running (laughs) up, I do. I throw it. I run into my gym and I leave it at the front desk. I'm like, I'll be right back. And then (laughs) I come back three days later. I'm like, do you still have my sweatshirt? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like leave things everywhere because I'm, I'm dying. I've totally done that before too on the West Side Highway. So I've done that before when I wear too many layers yeah. and then I actually don't want to wrap them around my waist I because can't. sometimes yeah. that throws off my alignment actually mm-hmm. when I run. And so I'll find a spot along the West Side Highway, um, like the nice kind of Tribeca area with all the grass and the bathrooms. And I find a bush and I'll leave my long sleeved shirt in the bush. There, and I'm like, I'll grab you on my way back. Yeah. Or the other <laughs> It's always there too. Yeah, it's always there. You do it. Nobody takes your stuff. I also there's the garage by Pier Sixty by Chelsea Piers. I know exactly. And those there are these parking attendants that work in the little booths. (laughs) Do you give them? Yes. I bring them stuff when I love this. We should do a whole episode on yeah, like the little no, um, the secret hacks. ways yeah, this, to this, run around New York exactly. City. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need to know where all the water stations are, yeah, where the, the bathrooms, bathrooms are that mm-hmm. you can use. Definitely. How did you have the wherewithal and foresight to be able to say like, oh, I should rent a studio mm-hmm. when it got started to get yeah. cold in Central Park? I'm just rewinding back to where I took Daphne off yeah. the topic of her story. I love, I love these <laughs> tangents, though. I know we always come, come full circle yeah. coming back. So I knew that it was time to bring it indoors. 
it was just starting to get cold. Yeah, it was starting to get cold and it was starting to get dark. And so I knew that I had to figure out the next solution. So I was really only outdoors for those first maybe five hit it workouts. And then I had to start to really turn on my brain and think about the next steps of what I wanted to do. It was also around this time that I was really, really digging this whole aspect of being an entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it, was, it doesn't sound like it was something you had premeditated oh, or thought yeah, about yeah. as a so kid. Yeah, another thing too is that I had no business training. I I didn't go to college for business, didn't go to college for marketing. I had no skill set in the world of business. And what I've learned in the last six years of calling myself an entrepreneur in my personal training business and in Hit It, just what I've learned, and I'll go into that in a little bit, but it's just been incredible. I love challenging that cognitive side of my brain and then the problem solving side. And yeah, so yeah, I had to find space. And I think one of the, the top things that people think about in the world of I guess business and fitness is real estate. Like, where are you going to hold your classes? So what I started to do, I started to rent studio space by the hour at dance studio facilities. Because you knew about that from your auditioning. From my auditioning world. And then I realized I was actually not the first one who had figured this out. (laughs) All of a sudden I was in a dance studio space. I was using two. One was called Collaborative Arts Project 21. And then the other one was called Ripley Greer. And so it would be me and all of my hidden students amongst a whole bunch of people rehearsing opera in the next studio. And then you'd see sword fighting rehearsals in the hallway. And then you'd see auditions happening where all the girls were in the hallway preparing their monologues. And I was like, whatever, this is, <laughs> this is where I, we are right now. That's fine. But then I also saw that there were other studios that were, or other workouts that were doing the same thing. Just to name a few, Bali X, 305 Fitness. So I feel like I've grown up with these girls because we were all renting the same studio spaces at the same time five years ago. And all of our paths have gone in a different direction, which we can talk about in a little bit, because I realize every fitness business has kind of a vision and a, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a brick and mortar for every studio, every type of workout. So for about a year and a half, I was renting studio space at, uh, at these dance and theater facilities where I could just play music. There'd always be a piano shoved in the corner and the, those studio spaces were always in such funny condition. There'd be little dust bunnies everywhere. One time I walked into a studio space and there was glitter all over the floor. Like It's like, what happened in here? But I always made it work. And somehow, despite having, like, there was no luxury boutique experience about Hit It at all in the beginning. Right. Despite all of that, the following grew and grew and grew. And students were coming week after week after week where I realized that me personally, just teaching every Tuesday and Thursday, it wasn't going to cut it. And I also realized at this point in time that how important it it was for the instructor or for myself as an instructor to really build relationships with the students and that it wasn't so much about the facilities that that wasn't what was keeping students coming back. It was two things. It was the quality of the workout and it was how the students felt before, during, and after the class. How welcoming could I be towards them at the beginning, making sure I checked in with every student and learned about their bodies, checking in with injuries. Could I make them feel amazing and strong and like they were getting their butts totally kicked during class where I was empowering them, but also kind of annihilating them at the same time. I think I was one of those people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I remember remember. you were there at Ripley Greer's. (laughs) studio space. That's where it was. Totally. And then it was such a good workout. It was so hard. I love it. I think as an instructor and as a teacher, 
when someone says, I was such a hard class, I remember you would be worried. I was like, wow, that was great. It was so hard. And you were worried it was too hard. Yeah, I was like, are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's a compliment. Yeah, yes, yeah I've learned so, that now, especially now when instructors and yeah. fitness professionals say that it was so hard. That's the biggest compliment. Yes, the, the ultimate. biggest compliment. And so I learned that, you know, how you make students feel before, during and after, that's what's most important. They don't care about the dust bunnies. They don't care that the bathrooms might be full of a whole bunch of girls all curling their hair because they're all getting ready for a musical theater audition. They're here because they feel good. They feel empowered. They feel happy when they're here. And I'm the one who's responsible for all of that. I was like, oh my gosh, it's all on me. And if I can make them feel strong and empowered and happy, then I've essentially created that same feeling that I felt when I finished my very first run when I was 14. It all circles back to that. That concept of how you make people feel is everything in life. Absolutely. And I think about that too, just when I meet other people, it's like your intuition or just how how they make you feel right away. Like that's something I'm so observant of. And you make me feel amazing, Marnie. So so (laughs) I'm not crying during this podcast. (laughs) Don't go there. Well, and then this is where you come into the story. So I was in Cap 21 or I was in Ripley Greer. It was Ripley Cap 21. Yeah. Yeah. I was using these rented studio spaces and I knew that I was just starting to get a gut feeling that it was growing and I wanted to also maintain the integrity of my class so that they weren't so, so packed. I still wanted to make sure all the students felt like they got one-on-one attention and I still wanted to make sure that students had room to move. So as the classes were expanding or as the student, as the following was growing and growing and growing, I had to start to turn on that entrepreneurial part of my brain and think about, okay, well, what's the next step? What is my vision for this? And my vision was two things. My vision was, I think I need to start looking at different studio spaces, but what or where I actually don't really know at the time I didn't know. And I also need to think about instructors, having instructors who can teach this high intensity interval training method that I've developed, but having them also have the same energy and the same presence and the same warmth and the same ability to motivate, having them still be able to make students feel really empowered. I think it's time to hire a team. And so I still remember this really vividly. So I was written up about in Well and Good and a fabulous gal, Lisa Elaine Held, she came to class one day and she's amazing. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. This is the big turning point for Hit It. It was, she came and she took class and she wrote a really fantastic review about the workout in Well and Good. And she said that it was the most warm and welcoming environment, but the workout totally annihilated her. And she said that it is bare bones, that there's a piano shoved in the corner of the studio, but it doesn't even matter and that you don't even notice it because the second you walk into the hallway of, you know, Cap 21 or Ripley Greer, you're just like greeted by my big smile and a big hug. And after that, that's really when the students started pouring in. Tons of students were coming and then class was getting really packed. And then Marnie you were the one who reached out to me because you read the write-up in Well and Good. And then you and I had a meeting and then you were the one who put me in touch with Athleta. I did because we were working at that time on building out a concept for them to include fitness in their Flatiron retail location. Mm -hmm. And we were working with Martha to build and bring in all the very cool emerging, talented fitness instructors. Well, thank you for thinking I was one of them because everything changed after that. So because of you, Marnie, that relationship happened. And 
I became very close with the entire team at Athleta and became a sponsored ambassador very quickly thereafter. And then lo and behold, I had put this vision out into the universe of, well, I want to attract into my life or manifest into my life, just a beautiful studio space and a team of instructors. And then I kid you not, right after I started working with Athleta and doing some free events just in store for them, right. they told me that they were building out a studio in their right. store, in the bottom level of their store. And, and I we, literally looked up at the sky. I think I was in the store and I looked up and I was just like, thank you universe. <laughs> and so that's what we were doing. We were building that concept for them mm -hmm. so that they had a pilot program with proof that people wanted to come and shop and sweat and yeah. work out. And it was amazing and it's grown so much and you're still it's grown teaching so there. much. Yes, it's incredible. And so all of a They're sudden I have company. this beautiful studio space to operate hidden out of. I auditioned a whole bunch of instructors. I met so many incredible, amazing, talented personal trainers and instructors. And right now I have five of them who are hit it instructors and I mean, they're incredible and they're sweet and kind and motivating, but like fierce and ferocious all at the same time. And they just really represent the Hit It brand of inclusivity, being warm and welcoming, but still really motivating and still delivering a killer workout all in one go. I like that and, you're owning that killer workout yeah. now. <laughs> I, yes, I love it. I, I love going there. And it, it is funny because I definitely am aware sometimes when people, right when they meet me, they don't think the workout is going to be that hard. But then the second the workout no. begins and the music starts, it's just, <laughs> here we go. Because you're like all smiles and so nice yeah, and so and all fun of a and I'm good like, energy and you know it's going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know stuff it's is about to go down. It's a great workout. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And so all of a sudden I had, the team of instructors that I had wanted. And I had this gorgeous studio space and a sponsorship by one of the most incredible, supportive, empowering brands out there. And everything just totally fell into place. And I think this speaks to the power of intention and the power of intuition and also the power of building relationships and the, seeing those relationships through, knowing that every person you meet is, is in your life for some reason. I love connecting the dots. That's one of my most favorite things ever is taking a pause every so often and just reflecting on where my life is right now and, and having gratitude for That's where it is now. Idea. And then what I like, I like to do is I like to go back and connect the dots and I like to see how it is that I got to where I am now. And I'm always so proud to say, like when I connect the dots of my entire athleta journey, I connect it back to you. Oh my God. That's like you so are my dot connection. I, this is like 2014 we're talking about I that know, all of this happened. A long time yeah, ago. I yeah. honestly, I've just always, I'm just so passionate about entrepreneurship and I've had my own company for a very long time, like for 20 years, and I've always loved fitness. And I think that fitness and wellness empower people to be confident and be strong. And anytime there's somebody who's really talented that I recognize that I think is trying to start a company or build a brand, I want to help. I don't even think about it any other way. It's authentically me. I just jump in. I'm like, what do you need? What can you do? I'm just a natural connector. You are. And you I just, absolutely it was, are. It's organic. Yeah. And I mean, also, I think that you're amazing at what you do. So I think, <laughs> and I think that that was obvious. So. You are a very powerful connector. Yeah. You make stuff happen, Marnie. Thank you. That is so nice of you to say. Now, you were one of the first classes I to was. have a residency yeah. at Athleta, mm -hmm, pretty much. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, one of the first classes. And I've been operating my business out of there 
since then, my hit it business. And we've had multiple classes happening every day and every weekend. My entire team of instructors, we go there, we have our amazing hit it branded t-shirt or tank tops, but we wear, you know, athleta leggings. So there's so much synergy and you're absolutely right. People do, it helps everyone. It helps the, the athleta brand. It brings people into the store when they come and take these fitness classes. And it's making athleta as a brand, um, not just about clothing, but an entire lifestyle. So to one stop shop, you can grab whatever you need for your workout. And you can also get your killer workout in, in the studio. So it's, it's an an incredible brand. I can't even speak. I have no words to even kind of describe how highly I view this brand. I think it's, it's so incredible and it's, it's catapulted my career. Like it's completely catapulted my career. And and I think that, yeah, I mean, Athleta is an incredible brand. I mean, they also, that brand catapulted my career Mm -hmm. in the fitness and wellness industry as well. And I think that's what they want to do. Yeah, I think that's their yeah. mission. You know, they want to empower women. They want to yes. help people grow their brands and fitness and wellness. And and they also were looking for a way to get people into the store. But I think authentically that was their mission. So mm-hmm. I think that their whole team at Athleta, yeah, they're, awesome. they're, they're an amazing brand. Yeah. yeah. So Hit It and Athleta, there was so much synergy there. And then I started to once again, think outside of the box. And then another thing I want to bring up is once again, the power of, of intuition. There was a period of time that I was thinking about opening up a brick and mortar. So there was around the time that Hit It was starting to get popular. This was before Athleta came into my life, like right before you came in to my wonderful, you, your, in your glory and your positive energy coming into my existence. It was like right before then I thought to myself, oh, well, maybe the natural line of progression is for me to eventually open up my own studio space. So I started to work with a really talented business coach. Her name is Jan Thompson and who I'm still really close with today. And she has been fantastic in helping me with mindset. I had a big limiting belief at the whole beginning of my hit it journey. My limiting belief was I didn't go to business school. Therefore I can never turn hit it into what I want it to be because I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't have the skill set. I don't have the knowledge. It's a story. We create stories in our minds that are not based on any type of truth at all. We create our own reality. So I had created a story and I had created a reality for myself for the vast majority of the start of hit it, like the first year or so where being so new to this entrepreneurial world, but not new to the fitness world, but new to the entrepreneurial world, I had this belief that I was not smart enough and I did not have the skill set to take hit it where I truly wanted it to go. And then I wasn't going to be able to just because I didn't go to business school. And one of the best reasons why I think everyone should have some type of coach in their life, whether it's a life coach, a business coach, and I work with a life coach right now every week and I have for the last few years. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like therapy, but 18,000 times better. And you work through so much stuff and you get to work through it and then you get to release it. And then you just get to go about doing what you love, being totally clear and not harboring anything, like using these limiting beliefs as an example. So my limiting belief was I didn't go to business school. Therefore I can't do this. Right. Uh, and I, and of course I had doubts and insecurities throughout this whole experience. I'm naturally a very positive person. That being said, even you can still be a positive person while still having an inner dialogue in your head and having fears come up. Lots right. of fears come up, lots of fears about the risk, fears about your own ability to do this. And it was my business coach who so many years ago, she said to me, Daphne, that is what we call a limiting belief. And my mind was just blown. But the second we acknowledged it, I let it go and it was gone. And I thought to myself, oh, it's a story. It's a false reality that I created for myself that me not having the education is going to prohibit me from 
becoming very successful. I think this. a lot of people so. think that. And then I think what happens is people ask you if you have a business plan and then mm-hmm. if you start, if you want to get investors and taking your business to the next level, and it's just like all these barriers that people throw at you to kind of yeah. like test you. I thought for a while, I thought I was supposed to go down the path of getting a, a brick and mortar. And I thought that that's what I wanted. So I spoke with my business coach about this and she also, in addition to being business coaches and life coaches, or I feel like most business coaches are also certified life coaches as well. And so she was able to, of course, work with me on a lot of the psychological stuff. But then also being a business coach, she gave me the next steps in terms of pursuing a brick and mortar. And I started looking at spaces with real estate agents and looking at spaces all throughout the city. Something in my gut just didn't feel right about it for me, right. for me specifically. And I, I thought to myself, oh, I would love to have a space built out for me, but I don't want to be the one responsible for it. I never wanted it to become yeah. so stressful that I that it took away from my life. I have a rule that everything I do only adds to my life. Nothing can take away from it. I, I never want anything to cause me stress. I only want to do things that essentially spark joy. Right. And this was so many years ago and I was already kind of having these thoughts. And now, you know, five, four or five years later, I'm very aware of these thoughts and that is how I operate. But this was about four years ago. So these thoughts were just kind of coming to life. I was much younger back then. and But I was starting to really follow my intuition. And something about owning a brick and mortar for me personally, didn't sit right with me because hit it was bringing me so much joy. And then I wondered if it got to a point where I was responsible for operating an entire facility and space on my own, would it get too big that A, it would lose its personal touch? Would it get too complicated maybe? B, would it get too complicated? And C, I loved where it was at in terms of there was no stress. There was no $21,000 a month rent to be responsible for. And I realized that I, I thought to myself, well, if this is meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, it's not but it was still was just like not sitting right with me at all. (laughs) And then sure enough, once again, the power of intention. I remember saying to myself, I just wish someone would build out a studio space for me. And then next thing you know, Athleta is like, oh, we're building out a studio space. I was like, there's my studio space. (laughs) And I'm not responsible for any of it financially. (laughs) You just have to show up and bring the classes and the content. Oh my gosh, you forget sometimes other people can just, or it just, once again, the power of intention. Yes. The power of intention. And another thing too, I think our emotions are there because it's, our emotions are a guidance system. And I even call it the emotional guidance system. And it's just another way of describing intuition. When things feel good, that means it's right. When things feel good, um, when things maybe make you feel like there's pleasurable or when things feel positive, that's your intuition telling you that this is right. But if you have a feeling where your stomach is twisted in knots and you feel stress, or if anything just doesn't feel good, or if something is causing you grief or stress or discomfort, then that is your intuition. Or once again, your emotional guidance system telling you, okay, well, this is making you feel the emotion of negative. Therefore, it's not right. So keep following the good feelings. And so that's something that I completely live that's, my, that's live my life great. by. Advice. Yeah. Yeah, That's amazing advice. I mean, there are so many times where I have like, where I feel stressed or 
knots in my stomach and my gut is telling me no. For but some reason, I feel like else. I have to do this thing yeah. or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I, I end up being miserable for the entire time I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I do it. And so, totally, totally. Same, same, yeah, I mean. It's, I wish it's, I could sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes it feels so good to just walk away from stuff too. Absolutely. Like one door closes, another door opens. Yeah, most definitely. But you have to close that door. Absolutely. And yeah. then I think that that's just a test. This um, day and age we live in, oftentimes we do feel something in our soul or in our gut, but our head is able to talk us out of it. But really we are supposed to drop down into our, into our intuition and, and really follow the good feelings. Not to say we shouldn't work hard. It's not about that, but it's about really following our intuition and our feelings of following the good feelings. And also I have this other kind of phrase that I live my life by. Um, If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Yeah. If I'm not all about anything, I don't do it anymore. If I am not all about meeting with someone for coffee, or if I am not a thousand percent on some type of business thing, if I'm not super into it, I won't do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that just, that for me, that came with time. There's I used to do it everything. Age, yeah. I think also like you just don't have as much, yes, time and age. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. I used to say yes to literally everything. And now I've gotten my life to a point where I have incredible personal training clients hit. It just brings me so much joy. I'm done with work by like three or four every day. I get to eat dinner with my husband every evening. And I I do love the term hustle. I think it's cute, but I also love the words that associated with business. I remember when I became a trainer, seeing these trainers waking up, losing so much sleep, waking up at 4.30 AM, getting to their clients on time and then having a break and then essentially hustling. Again, I remember that term was so popular. I think it still is. Hustle, hustle, hustle. And once again, following my guidance system, I was so young then I just knew I didn't, I just knew at that time I didn't want that. I just knew at that time, I knew I wanted to work hard. I have amazing work ethic. And, you know, my parents brought me up with to have, you know, just insane professionalism and work ethic. But something about that notion of the hustle, it didn't sit right with me. I just knew that if I lived my life like that, it would potentially sacrifice my health. I'd be losing sleep. My stress levels would likely be high. And even if I was loving all the clients I was seeing my physical stress levels would be high because that's what happens when you don't sleep that much and when your sleep patterns are interrupted. And when you are maybe running around in kind of a state of fight or flight, trying to make it to your next client on time all the time. And I didn't want to be living in a state of fight or flight. So this was a long time ago. And as my years have progressed in business, I remember a few years ago saying to myself, I want my business to feel elegant and graceful and like there's flow. And I feel pretty proud of myself because I feel like I've accomplished that. I feel like with business, there is a way to go about it where there is still a strong work ethic and there is still hard work, but we can start to release kind of the frenetic energy that surrounds it when we are entrepreneurs because like attracts like. And so if we give off this energy of hustle, 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 stress, 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 you know, no sleep, we almost live in a culture where we take pride in how little sleep we get, which is bonkers that it's gone to that that point. be turning around. Yeah, it's, which is good. It's at turning least in around. our Thank world, goodness. in yeah. the world in of our fitness wellness. and wellness mm-hmm. world, like yeah, self care. Um, yeah. yeah. 
just as, as I really began to study the laws of attraction and as I really began to study just really how the universe works in terms of intention setting and really how to achieve goals, I realized that, well, like attracts like. So if we are constantly giving off an energy or a feel of, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so frazzled, I'm so anxious, I'm so tired, I'm working so hard, I'm working like 16 hour days. If we're constantly A, giving off that energy and B, saying those things, we're stuck in that loophole. That's all we're ever it's going like a, to attract. It's like a track. Exactly. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep attracting that unless you physically break the pattern, unless you physically, emotionally, and mentally break the pattern as an entrepreneur to stop and to say, okay, I would actually like my business to look and feel like this. And I would like to feel like this. I would like to feel like everything I do makes me feel really good and joyful. And I would like to love all the clients who I train. And funnily enough, I remember when I stated that out loud a few years ago, I did have a few problem clients (laughs) back in the day. The universe just takes care of it. Yeah. Yeah. And they just, I believe in that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden one person moved. You forget though. Like I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm like, my God, I should go back to that moment. It's funny because this morning I pulled out two books. One is called Light on Yoga. And the other is what got you here won't get you there off my bookshelf. And I need to reread these books because they're, they're great books. I mean, every now and then I'll read an old book or someone asked me what was on my nightstand. And to be honest, there's nothing on my nightstand. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find some books that I love that I could put on my nightstand so I could answer the question honestly. Mm. And that would be helpful for me where I'm at now. And so I, from those books, always remember reading these things about being authentic, being in the moment, like going with your feelings. I always forget that that's where it started. You get so caught up in the day to day. I don't know if I I feel like other entrepreneurs experience this and founders, and even if you're not an entrepreneur, I mean, if you're just at your job, like you just get caught up in that loop of the day to day and all the noise and all the minutia and everything. It's nice to kind of step back, regroup. Yeah. It's nice to step back every once in a while and re assess too. And to take a look at all aspects of your life and to see really what is serving you, what is adding positivity to your life. And then, and then whatever is not, whatever might be, whether it's a person or a thing or a commitment that is what I call an energy vampire or an energy vacuum. You can just get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of them. Start to start to cut those things, whatever they are out of your life. And yeah, I, I think that if anything, What's changed the most in the last five years for me since I started Hit It was, of course, I have learned a ton of really fun stuff about, of course, marketing and taxes and, you know, all the, (laughs) all the fun stuff, stuff, you know, all of that, which is challenging in a good way. It's challenging a very different cognitive side of my brain. And of course I've learned a lot about how to run a business, like how to pay trainers, all that jazz. I've also learned the most though, I think about just mindset. For me, it's been, my mindset has completely changed in the last five years. I've had more growth in the last five years than in the last, you know, in the 29 years before that. So I think that when it comes to being an entrepreneur, having a really positive growth mindset is critical and really not using the stress as a barometer of success. That's another thing too. What are your barometers for success? Oh, so my barometer for success. Well, I have a few. Okay. Speaking of success, <laughs> I have a few barometers of success. My first barometer is every Sunday night, 
I don't get the Sunday blues okay. and the Sunday blues I describe as I remember feeling these, the, the Sunday blues just throughout certain points in time in life. And that's just when you hit Sunday night and you get really depressed that the weekend's over. Right. When <laughs> and, you have a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When Usually. you have a job. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like in school yeah. or throughout certain parts, honestly, of, of my current career where maybe I didn't have things structured the way I wanted them, where some things maybe did not give me as much joy. So I no longer have the Sunday blues. I no longer have the Sunday blues ever. So on Sunday evening, I am just so excited for the week to start. So that is my barometer of success number one. Barometer of success number two is I truly love everything I do. Whether it's teaching a hit it class at Athleta or teaching a hit it class with a corporate client. So that's another direction I took hit it as I have a lot of corporate clients where I bring hit it to a company's either studio space or even a a conference room that they've converted into a studio space or whether or not I'm teaching there or whether it's with a client or if it's a coffee meeting or I've started hosting women's networking events called Power Hour at Athleta, actually at Athleta. And I'll be hosting at a few other places as well in which it's myself and three female panelists, all who are in the fitness or entrepreneurial space. And we have close to 50 women in attendance And it's a really fun event where all the women get a chance to meet each other. And the whole point is to bring synergy, connection, power, and empowerment to all of these women while they learn something from the panelists. And there's always food and wine, of course. Yes. So my barometer of success is as I really love everything I do. Like I really do. If you don't love it, you're not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't love it, I'm not doing it. That's barometer of success number two. (laughs) Is that everything is sparking joy? I'm referencing Marie Kondo. Yes, I love Marie Kondo. <laughs> I do too. <sighs> I do too. I Marie Kondoed our apartment the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. Everybody was nervous that I threw out their stuff. <laughs> I put so it funny. in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I have I a feel- thing. It's called salloped. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I like I like donating the things. Yeah, I Marie Kondoed all my clothes recently and it was really rewarding. And then I feel better when everything gets donated instead yes. of just thrown out. Yeah, yeah, some things can get thrown out. I guess this is a metaphor for life, right? Some things can get thrown out. The thing is, it has to leave the apartment and be in an outward direction. Mm-hmm. I would be happy to bring it, to donate it or repurpose it. We have something in our building that we can do that with clothing and also computers and things like that. So that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it's got to get out. In yeah. that mo- otherwise, it's never leaving. Like yeah, Otherwise, then it goes absolutely. back in the closet or back in the cabinet. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. It's in that moment. <laughs> it's in that moment. You just got to get it outside yeah. of that front door. <laughs> I have another thing I always say all the time. I say life by design. I'm the curator of my life. Life doesn't happen to me. I'm in control, not in a controlling way, but I'm the one who sets forth the intentions of what I want versus going through life thinking, oh, well, this has happened to me. Therefore, these are my circumstances. Therefore, this is me. It's very different. It's the polar opposite where I I feel like my life is curated intentionally. So my third barometer of success is I get to travel all the time. I get to travel all the time. My family is in California. My husband's family is in England. Uh, We love to travel and I'm able to manage my business remotely, which is very cool. Yeah. Yeah, And my clients who I train personally, they don't mind that I jet away every so often. And I've gotten my life to a point where I really get to be where I want to be. And for me, that third barometer of success is freedom. 
It's just right. complete freedom. Yeah. Having a business that I'm passionate about with people I trust teaching my classes. So um, how many instructors do you have now? I have five. You have five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All female, although I, I am looking for a male instructor. So if you know some good ones, you I'm can right. send them my way. So, and speaking of travel, mm-hmm. so hit it. Oh, you could yeah. take hit it in New York City yes. at Athleta. Yeah, yeah well, it, I, I remember, you know, at the very start of this, you even said you you said, you know, hit it is currently in New York. And, and I, I said, yes, for the time being. But a big goal of mine is to get it to other cities, um, starting off with the corporate space. So starting it off, this was me really thinking outside the box in terms of what I wanted hit it to become and realizing that there are so many people in office buildings who that office buildings that don't have gyms, office buildings that don't necessarily have some type of corporate wellness program or who are working for companies that don't necessarily have a wellness program, bringing hit it to them. So whether it's me training a team of instructors out in San Francisco to start teaching hit it classes in spaces that are within corporate office buildings for the employees, that's definitely next on my list. And expanding that here in New York. And then, like I said, my husband's from England. So branching out into that whole London area, I feel like corporate wellness is a big direction that fitness is going. I think a lot of companies are beginning to realize that their employees need some type of wellness in their lives. And so for a long time, companies have just been offering a stipend where if you get a gym membership, then your company, whether it's tech, finance, whatever company it is you work for, they will reimburse you up to maybe a certain amount. That's where it started. And then now fast forward, we have corporate wellness programs where people are bringing in a nutritionist once a week to meet with, to do workshops where people are bringing in fitness instructors to teach their class. Even if there's not even a studio in a conference, you can literally take the biggest conference room you have, shove the tables and the chairs to the sides. And myself and my instructors can bring bands and a stereo system and we can have the most killer hit a class in 45 minutes in that conference room. So that's the next step for me. And then the next thing I want to focus on too, is I want to develop some type of course, potentially some type of online course to help women who are currently working in a corporate nine to five who want to transition into becoming either a personal trainer or health coach. Because a lot of what I've been attracting into my life lately, whether it's through power hour or just people I've been meeting, I've been meeting so many women. It's like coffee dates up. My whole life is like coffee dates. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee dates, teaching classes, hanging out with fun clients, recording cool podcasts. Me realizing that a lot of women who work corporate jobs have a dream or a desire or a goal to break into the fitness industry and they don't even know where to start. And meanwhile, I have all the answers. I can literally (laughs) tell you, okay, you need X, Y, Z and here's the direction you go. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I feel like this has been percolating over the last, I want to say six, seven years and maybe even longer honestly, because I feel like there are people that came before us that were kind of moving this concept along. So before I started with our big fitness festival that we do and programming the space at Athleta and working with instructors and meeting people, I used to go to this conference where there would be women and men from all over the tri-state area that were coming to get certifications in spin or bar or whatever. It's very old school. It was probably in the 90s or early 2000s. 
and they all had other jobs. Like they all had other careers and they just wanted to teach on the side. And I didn't really notice it. I didn't really pay attention because it wasn't something, you know, I was there working with different studios and gyms that were trying to promote their products. Flash forward a couple years later, you start seeing all these people that are, you know, that are leaving corporate America, leaving their finance jobs to open up fitness studios in New York City and all around the world. And in that becomes the trend in New York City, right? And then the next thing, like you're talking about, there are so many people that want that freedom, that love exercise and fitness, that are looking to make some extra money or maybe just completely transform their career and get the freedom that you have as an entrepreneur by getting a certification and teaching a class. I still know people that are teaching classes, whether it's yoga or spin classes that have full-time jobs and they just do it for fun. Yeah. I mean, then the other part of that for you is, you know, once you get these people signing up for your class and your certification, it would be a certification, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, brilliant as a business plan, because obviously you're in New York and as you look to grow your company, you know, to go from five to 100 that's probably the most effective and authentic way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Getting more instructors in different, in different cities and then continuing to find amazing spaces that are already built out. Right. They exist. We've done our sweat fest fitness festival, which is New York city's biggest fitness festival. And one of the things that we did was we helped retailers drive sales into their stores by bringing in great fitness content, right? So you are one of the talented fitness instructors and also your class Hit It is known all around New York City. So you had brought that into a couple of other retailers just for our event because mm-hmm. that is, I know that your residency is at Athleta, but for this particular occasion, we had started doing this like five years ago. Would you partner with other retailers in other cities? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. That's something I'm completely open to, especially if the retailers have some type of space and are offering different residencies. So that is absolutely something I'm completely open to. And I love Union Square Sweatfest so much. What you've created with Sweatfest is the most unbelievable week of fitness and the community aspect of it. Yeah. Is, it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. And I love that I always get to do that specifically with Jackrabbit. Yeah. Just a sneaker store yeah. or a running store. Yeah. Because you if were you the think first one. We, we started that for yeah. them. They were a sneaker store. And we were looking for a space to <laughs> do our check-in for the event. And then it morphed into us hosting a fitness class there. And that was an interesting moment to be able to have that vision of turning the sneaker store into a studio. And then you came with Hit It. Yes, I and did. And transformed the whole entire space. Yeah. And it was such a huge success. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I still remember like the first sweat fest. Yeah, it was huge. You it could, was packed. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And I remember so vividly the store just got transformed into just the most energy filled fitness space. And then I loved getting to be a part of Jackrabbit or getting to do an event there because yeah. my whole journey really started as a runner. Even before I hit it, everything was all running. And I felt like I was going back to my roots, right. being a part of the Jackrabbit community again. I mean, and hit it is a great class for runners. Oh, yes, it's absolutely. A, I kept runners in mind. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an amazing class if you're looking to crush it on your marathon or half marathon or hit a PR. 
for all those corrective restorative moves we do and and hit it, we fire up every single muscle group. And as a runner, you need to have a strong core, a strong lower back, strong glutes, strong posterior chain. And the beauty of hit it is the workout can be all body weight. So sometimes in if I'm teaching a hit it class in one of my with a corporate client, I'll just bring bands and they have all, you know, bought themselves yoga mats by this point. But for the most part, everything is body weight. At the Athleta Studio, they have equipment there. So I'm able to use equipment and of course incorporate dumbbells and bands now. And in all the other spaces I teach in, you know, sometimes there's budget for them to order equipment pieces. But for the most part, when I designed Hit It, all the moves initially were things like jump lunges and jump squats and all these things to fire up all the muscles you need to be a strong runner. Because to be a runner, you can't just run all the time. Cross training is so important to build up the lean muscle mass to protect your joints so that you're not breaking things down with repetitive movement. I'm coming to take a class. Like, yeah. What is the hit it right. workout? So the hit it workout is either 45 to 60 minutes, depending on whether it's a corporate workout or whether it's at the studio space. And a hit it workout is comprised of a series of hit it intervals in which we train the entire body. So we do uh, some Tabata intervals in which you work for 20 seconds on at your all out max effort and then you rest for 10. And we do different types of intervals where they are either descending or ascending, meaning maybe you'll do something for 60 seconds and something for 45, then something for 30, then I'll have everyone repeat those moves, you know, like three rounds through. We do a ton of ab exercises. We always do an upper body sculpting portion. And then I always bring it back to some high intensity interval training to close everything off for the last few intervals to get the heart rate pumping at a rate that feels almost scary. That's my goal with Hit It. In terms of the moves, the moves always change from class to class. However, there are some required moves that will make an appearance pretty much in every Hit It workout. I always want to make sure we get some type of jump squat, jump squat variation in, jump lunges, of course, lots of push-ups. If we have the dumbbells, we get to really take advantage of the dumbbells for added resistance. And I always make sure we do so much core work. And I know soreness is not an indication of a, an effective workout as a trainer. Like we are, we are taught that at a very, you know, at the very start. That being said, I get some sick pleasure out of receiving texts the next day after teaching a hit at class from all the students saying, Daphne, I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For me, that is the marker of a successful and good workout right? if I can't walk. <laughs> yeah. People always tell me they wake up the next morning and they can't get out of bed because their abs are so sore. Yeah. <laughs> their I like that feeling. Muscles. Yeah. So it's, it's really effective. Yeah, that's for sure. And what about your playlist? Oh, my playlists are so good. Follow me on Spotify, guys. <laughs> my playlists are top what's, notch. What's your so, Spotify? Is it So my Spotify is, is just Daphne. Yang? Yeah, just look for Daphne Yang and I'll pop up. And the music is so important to me. So I actually have started to take DJ classes at a place called the Fox Grove here in New York. And it's a, it's a DJ school. I've learned how to mash up songs. I've learned how to cut things and mix things and crossfade. And I take so much pride in my playlist. I spend a lot of time every week playlisting. The music is so important when it comes to workouts. It's not just background. Like it really does fuel the workout. And so it's a mix of, and I think having a variation like a wide variety of music is important too. So anything from 
Because every student has a different preference. So I think it's important giving everyone a taste of what they like, but then also knowing that as an instructor, the music has to fuel you as well. So yeah, my playlists are really great and I make new playlists all the time. If you guys find me on Spotify, I think even like the my top 20 playlists, if you go to my public playlist, I've, I think I've made 20 in the last maybe month or so. Oh my God. What's your favorite? Do you have like a five favorite songs right now that you're just, you oh have my on gosh, repeat? I do. Yes. Oh, there are some really great Sia chandelier mixes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love remixes that are either done by just really awesome DJs. I love everything by, so yeah, I'm, I'm super are you on into it. I'm not on SoundCloud. So how Although do you get I should the remixes? Be. So the remixes are are the ones that have been made on Spotify. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I've been really into <laughs> some like really good rap lately. I, my playlists are a big mix of just what I'm currently listening to. So uh, there's a lot of Calvin Harris. I really like, I love Galantis. Yes. Of course, Rihanna, all remixed. I really like really strong DJs. Like that's, that's what I'm so into. I'm into, I'm really into electronic dance music. Like yeah, really strong yeah. DJs because it's also, it's what I run to. Are you still running? I love doing a mix of everything. I love running. I still love running. I actually don't run the long distances I used to. And that is, I don't know why actually. Like for me, it's, I guess I'm at the present moment. I'm not training for any type of race specifically, but I love running outdoors. For me, that will always, that will always bring me home. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like as life progresses and more fitness classes appear and I, and I love taking, I love taking classes. Love, love, love. I love strength training. I love taking classes. I love taking bar classes, hot yoga classes. I love taking hit classes. I love trying out different studios, mile high run club. I'm so right. into, I love everything. I love challenging my body in new ways. I love taking a, a variety of classes because I think it's also important to not do the same thing over and over and over again, because it's important to build up some compensatory muscles. It's mental and physical too. Mental and physical. Yeah. Absolutely. But for me, running will always be, it will always feel like home. I can take as many new fitness classes out there and have as many new experiences. And I'm on class pass. So, or well, hit it is on class pass, but I personally am a class pass just member. So it's been really cool getting to take so many different classes and to try so many new workouts. So yeah, of course I do a mix of everything. I love bar. I love other hit classes. I love taking CrossFit classes. I love... Do you ever do your own workouts like that you've designed? I mean, obviously you have to, right? To test them out. Absolutely. Whenever I take a hit at class from one of my instructors, when I'm drenched in sweat seven minutes in and huffing and puffing and thinking again that I'm dying, I think to myself, what is this monster I've created? <laughs> I think, what have I done? Why have I created this workout that is, that is. Do you ever have, is, does it feel surreal to you? Like when you take a class from someone that you taught yeah. that's teaching your yeah. concept? It does. It does feel surreal. Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Marnie. That actually makes me kind of take pause for a moment and like reflect on that. Yeah, it does. It does. Like, can you and, believe that you're here now where you are? Oh, you're going to make me like... <laughs> I'm, I'm testing out my Barbara Walters <laughs> skills. I, you're going to make me, I'm totally like getting a little watery in the eyeballs right now. Oh gosh. Yeah. It is so awesome. I've, I've had moments where 
sometimes I'll, I'll teach some, some type of hit it event where it's myself co-teaching with all of my instructors and we will all be there and we'll take turns teaching an interval or a part of the workout. And so then I'll, at one point in time, if they're in the front, I'll go to the back and I'll start taking pictures and doing some video stuff. And I'll be looking at my instructors in all of their glory and like the 50 students in the class, if, if it's like an event. And I just, I feel like I want to cry. <laughs> like I always, in those moments, I just think to myself, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanted. This is what I've always wanted. I wanted to A, build a community. Community is so important. And to create a safe space, to create a safe and positive and motivating environment for these students to just feel welcome, to feel like they deserve a boutique fitness experience. They deserve a fitness class and that no matter what they look like or what athletic shape they are in, they can come and they can take class and feel at home here. And when I see just the students drenched in sweat and they're grimacing, but smiling, but grimacing, but smiling. And, <laughs> and then my instructors in the front also, you know, dripping with sweat. And I think to myself, it always circles back to that first run. I went on. So it it's all always, about running. It always circles back to that first run where I arrived back at my driveway with my big sister, huffing and puffing and beat red with my lungs on fire, but knowing that my life was forever changed and feeling in that moment, happy, healthy, empowered, strong, confident, joyful, and knowing that that's the gift that I'm giving my students. And then that's when I get teary. <laughs> Yeah, and you have another sister, right? You're a, you have a younger sister who I met, who is a marketing sister. is she in marketing mm -hmm. and PR? Yeah, so she's she works at LinkedIn. Yes, yeah. so I have a oh, younger she does? sister. Oh, yeah, my God, so my older awesome. sister. So I'm smack dab in the middle. You're a middle sister. I'm yeah. a, I'm the middle, the middle child, such the middle child who I guess marches to the beat of her own drum. And <laughs> my sisters are everything to me. Family first. That's what I always say. My family is everything to me. Yeah. My sisters are my rocks in my life. I even have a tattoo, um, on my wrist and it's my one tattoo, but it's our sister tattoo. It's in like pretty cursive writing and it says golden. And the three of us, we got this tattoo because we wanted something to be symbolic of our relationship. The, the place that the three of us are together is California. So right. it's the golden state. In, the, in Chinese culture, gold is symbolic of prosperity and good fortune and good luck. And so we thought, okay, well, gold, that, that fits. And we all have kind of sparkly personalities, yeah. <laughs> or so my younger sister said. Yes. And then we have three little twinkles around the D because all of our names start with D. So I have this tattoo and it's the most grounding thing. And this also stems back to my passion for sisterhood and female empowerment and community and acceptance and empowering women and why I created my, my networking event power right. hour, because I experienced what having supportive women in your life was like at a really young age, my sisters have always been there for me. And I thought to myself, I didn't realize like not everyone had that experience of right. being supported by women, yeah. Yeah. right? Like not everyone has that in their day-to-day -day lives. And then that was what made me want to launch Power Hour it was two things. I was getting really passionate about business and entrepreneurship and wanted to meet other women and, you know, learn from them, but also sisterhood, um, power of she community. Those were things that were ingrained in me from a young age, which is something my mom just really taught us was that, oh, your sisters are, are your rocks. And, and this is you three, you are, you are the three peas in the pod. It was such an impetus for me creating power hour. So yeah, I'm all about 
that female empowerment. <laughs> so, and you're also a nutritionist. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm a certified you ever, nutrition counselor. So, mm-hmm. does that ever come into play with your classes and absolutely. with your private clients? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, I'm a nutrition counselor. I'm also certified through the International Sports Sciences Association. And so, what a nutrition counselor does, it's very different from a nutritionist in the sense that, so a nutritionist has to have gone through medical school. And then we have health coaches who get certified through the integrative, it's called IIN. Yes, Integrative Institute of Nutrition. Yeah, so that's separate. And then in my realm, what I do with my nutrition coaching and nutrition counseling, it's more along the lines of the health coach world where I focus on nutrient density, not restricting things, but what can we bring in? But most importantly, what I really focus on is my client's relationship with food and my client's relationship with body. And that's what I work with them on. In my in my podcast, it's yes. called Just One More Podcast. And the logo is a little cupcake and a little kettlebell. And so it's called Just One More because the whole notion is, are we going to do just one more kettlebell swing or just eat just one more cupcake? So it's all about balance. But in recent episodes, I mean, we've gone, uh, done a huge deep dive on food and relationship with food. And so a big passion of mine is talking about the world of food behaviors and people's relationship with food and people's relationship with their bodies and body image and how to have the happiest, healthiest relationship with food and also having freedom around food so that there's no ticker tape of what should I be eating? What time should I be eating? Should I be cutting out this? Should I be bringing in this? And how to achieve that freedom so that we can go through life feeling very calm and happy about our food choices and not being so restrictive. Do you feel like a lot of the fitness class goers and or athletes that you work with have had questions about eating healthy and what they should be eating and increasing in their diet, especially if you're doing like two or three classes a week or if you're doing training for a half marathon. I mean, that's sort of like the whole nutrition thing is part of our Definitely. DNA as athletes. Absolutely. But- Absolutely. Because food is, is fuel for us and yeah. food is so fun. Yeah. Food is so great. Food is a gift. I love food. I mean, it's... it's. Do you cook? I do. Yeah. I cook a ton, a ton. So my husband, uh, his name is Stuart. Everyone has nicknamed him Chef Stu because his passion is also cooking and he doesn't work in fitness or in food. He's in finance, but I would say his true, true passion is cooking. He nerds out over chefs and recipes and sous vide things. And so I cook a lot. And what I love to focus on with my clients and with my, with the athletes who I encounter and the, the people who are taking my classes, I always try to focus on, well, what can we bring in? Because the second I start talking about elimination or cutting out different food groups or cutting down on calories, it creates a whole psychological chain of events that can be very scary because the second we restrict something, a lot of stress happens on a psychological, deep psychological level. And it does create some stress. And when we do think about restricting things, oftentimes when we do restrict, we end up either craving or wanting the thing more, or when we do actually eat the thing, whatever it is we've been restricting, a lot of emotional stuff can come up where people can beat themselves up about it. And it becomes this vicious cycle of binge restrict, binge restrict, diet, binge, diet, binge, diet, binge. And my whole mission is to get people away from that because that was also something I really struggled with when I was younger. I was going to say it's sort of like full circle for you because you had started the conversation on the podcast with saying that 
you know, it all started with you having a negative body image. Yes, absolutely. And a very stressful relationship with food that started at a really young age, really young age. I was already restricting food and I was already dieting at a really young age and thinking that I was like way too heavy at a really young age and always trying to manage and control my weight and had just a very disordered relationship with food. And so that's why now here I am, you know, decades and decades later, a part of my mission as well with food is working with people on creating ultimately the most relaxed and intuitive relationship with food possible. So really listening to what it is that we want in that moment of time, not what our brain is telling us, but what we in our soul maybe need at that moment in time and not eating what we should be eating, what a blogger said we should be eating, what meal plan we read about in a magazine and not just eating things based on external cues because that's actually not how humans were meant to eat. We weren't supposed to eat based on, well, this company said that I should eat this bar at this time and then I'm supposed to drink this shake at this time. So we are supposed to be much more intuitive than that. And my example is I had a client once say to me, I'm on Weight Watchers and I was full at the end of the night, but I still had five points left over. So I ate something anyways, just to hit my points. And then I thought to myself, that's <laughs> totally unintuitive, kind of yeah. in the opposite direction that you were satisfied, you were full, but because some app told you, you still had points, you then thought, oh, I should eat something or it's the vice versa where this is just an arbitrary example where say you are still hungry, but some program said that you're only supposed to have a shake at 12 PM and you can't eat again until I don't know, six, but you're hungry. So once again, it's being totally unintuitive. So I'm all about intuitive eating. Very cool. I mean, I think as being an athlete, I'm and just athletes, pro- we need food. Yeah, yeah, I'm just programmed to eat all the time. Oh, totally. Yeah, Same here. Like, yeah. I, and I have to think about everything I eat because I want to eat things that give me more energy. Yes, so absolutely. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, and it's about like, like I've been craving chocolate lately. So oh, I've totally. Been eating it. Yeah, good. Which is exactly like yeah, what we should what you're be saying. doing. It's yeah. Like, it's like we as humans, we we need food. Yeah. <laughs> like we need fuel. Speaking of fuel and energy. We were talking earlier about mindset and brain power. There's a theme here. There should be a time when you use your mind and it really should only be when you're in a physical challenge and you think you can't do it. You need to tell yourself you can and keep going. Exactly. The brain is so powerful. I guess it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Yeah. Like everything, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Your brain is so powerful. It has the ability to change your entire life in a positive way if you start to rework mindsets and if you start to rework your thought patterns and rework the way you speak about other people, about yourself, about things in general. But you're right. When we do get too much in our heads sometimes, and this is different based on from person to person, some people even call themselves more analytical, right? And so, so sometimes we overthink too much when sometimes we just do need to drop into our intuition. Yeah. And there are so many examples of that, like overthinking food, overthinking, what should I be eating? What shouldn't I be eating? What time should I be eating? X, Y, Z. When really it's like, okay, well, what do I, what am I craving right now? I really need some protein, you know, like, or or actually right now, I really just want a piece of toast with some butter. It's And food neutrality is something I always talk about too. No foods are good. No foods are bad. The only things I do consider bad are things with chemicals in them. So I'm like, just don't eat those. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Like we've demonized a lot of food 
foods. And then we've categorized foods into this is good. This is bad. This is, this will make me fat. This will make me thin. And then talking about the power of the mind, someone who I've been reading a ton. I mean, if you were to talk about the books on my nightstand, I'll tell you what books are yeah, on my nightstand. Are on your nightstand. So right now, Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. He is a neuroscientist mm-hmm. and one of the most brilliant thought leaders, authors, neuroscientists. And his book is about, once again, the power of the brain and how we are able to create new neurotransmitters and how we are able to change our lives by changing our environment, by changing the way we think, just the power of the mind and how it can make positive changes. So he's a good one if you're passionate about brain stuff, which I definitely am. The other book I'm reading is called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. And she is a TED Talk guru. She has one of the most watched TED Talks of all time. She is all about the science of people, how to connect with people, how to do public speaking. So reading her book. And then the next one is Presence by Amy Cuddy. And she also has one of the most watched TED Talks of all time. And uh, she talks about presence as yes, being present and in the moment, not thinking too much about the past, not thinking about the future, being present in the moment, but also body language and how to have presence and charisma when you are talking and with one person or in front of a group of people. So those are the things that I am currently into. And then I, of course, always have some type of book on the laws of attraction (laughs) because (laughs) that is something that I have realized is a real, real thing. What you think and yeah, what, what you, you think, what you think about, what you yeah. feel about, what you speak about. You attract that, that you're into a magnet. Your world. Yeah. You're a magnet. Everything you feel, you attract that exact same feeling back to you. Everything you think you attract it right back to you. So when I started to really learn about it and started to apply it to my life and just by really making sure my energy vibration was positive yes. and making sure I was, you know, feeling good and thinking good thoughts. It was amazing. My whole language changed. I used to be really self-deprecating about a lot of things, like using this whole, I didn't go to business school. So I remember saying a lot of things, well, you know, oh, I'm not smart enough or, oh, I am so not a math person. Right. Oh, right. And we say these statements, which then become affirmations, which then become the truth. That whole concept of identifying with the way that you are is one of the first things you learn in yoga, which is why I had referenced that book earlier. But it's just, it's so amazing how you tell yourself these things and then that becomes your narrative. And I'm equally guilty. So Oh, same here. I mean, yeah. And then awareness is the first step is what I've learned. Yeah. Awareness is absolutely the first step. It's like the way we, when we say I am something, how we finish that sentence determines our entire life. So you can say, you know, I am depressed, I am tired, I am struggling financially, I'm stressed. And and if you say those things, then you are just going to boomerang that right back to you. And so start to get out of that feeling and start to focus on gratitude first. And, and this is everything that's in pretty much every book on the law of attraction. Focus on the gratitude. And then when you focus on the gratitude, that shifts your energy vibration and that starts to make you feel more positive. And then lo and behold, when you're feeling more positive, all of a sudden you start attracting positive people in your life. All of a sudden you start attracting circumstances and things that change your life in a positive way. So you can't wait until you 
get X, Y, Z to become happy. Like you can't you have wait. To manifest you it. have to manifest the happiness now. And it starts with gratitude. It's like, you can't wait until you either hit a goal weight or you achieve a certain amount of dollars financially, or until you've gotten the house or the apartment or the relationship before you can be happy. It doesn't work like that at all. You have to be happy now, which starts with gratitude for what you have. Now you shift your energy vibration and then lo and behold, all the things you desire just come into your life. But it starts with being happy right now. Well, you have an amazing Instagram feed. Thank you. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about, there are some really great and inspirational quotes on there that I love. Thanks. So I just pulled one up. The way you show up in class is the way you show up in life. And yes. I think it's also vice versa, which is what you were just talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks for the Instagram shout out, Marnie. I appreciate it. Yeah, Daphne Yang. <laughs> There's also Hit It mm-hmm. Yeah, so my, my Instagram handle is defined by Daphne. Right. And then um, I also have at hit it NYC, which is my hit it Instagram. And yeah, I think I do love that quote. I, and I say this all the time in class. So the majority of my quotes are all ones that I've created myself because <laughs> I say them out loud either to myself or during class or to my clients. But yeah. yeah, the way you show up in class is the way you show up in life. So if you are in a tough class, if you are sweating it out and it, there are you know seven minutes left to go in class and you are fighting to finish strong that's how you're going to show up in life where you always finish strong and you always give a hundred percent of your time and your energy and attention. And so, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. And my (laughs) other one that you posted this morning, which I was literally rolling on the floor. The comments are amazing. I've, I've gotten so much engagement. Uh, Undefined by Daphne. It was undefined by Daphne. I posted this this morning and everyone's Okay, been- this is, so go ahead. No, you can say it, yeah. This is, so every morning I wake up, I check my friend's Instagram or I look to see what people are doing, even though I haven't talked to them in like two years, but it keeps me in the know. So I open Instagram today and Daphne's Instagram is a quote and it says, not lifting weights because you're afraid you'll gain too much muscle is like not driving your car because you're afraid you'll become a NASCAR driver, (laughs) which literally I fell on the floor because honestly, the reality that you're going to become a NASCAR driver is so slim. And this is hysterical because so many people are like afraid to like lift weights because they think they're going to get big muscles. And it's like, I wish that I had big (laughs) muscles. Like I wish that for the amount of time that I spend lifting weights at the gym, that I would actually walk out of there with like ripped, defined muscles. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? But that's like everything in life. I swear to God. I know. I always tell people like strength training and weightlifting is going to change your life in the best way possible. You are going to feel so strong and so empowered. And yeah, it's, I love that quote. That's so funny. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. Please, please do. Um, All of you guys can feel free to regram it. This has been so awesome. And thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. For all you amazing listeners out there, if you want to come take my class, my website's just daphneyang.com and you can see the full schedule there and you can just register directly through the website. It's just linked to mind body. I'm excited to meet all of you listeners and Marnie, thank you so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning into Marnie on the move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, 
sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.